Hey, what's up, everybody? Episode numero 18 18. 18. This is Chad. Achtzehn in Deutsch. Yes, yes. Deutschland. Deutschland. Very yeah. good. Yes. And if you just add O to anything, Achtzehn that's... Achtzehn Yeah. No, it works. Wait, that's wrong. <laughs> any, any kind of language you don't know. Yes. I'm Mike. I'm Chad. This Welcome. is Rogue Table Talk. Yes. Here, Here we, we go. Here so, we hey, go. we are in the series Welcome Home. And we are aiming to create a welcoming, hospitable, compassionate culture in our church. Uh, but uh, more personal, uh, our hearts, and um, kind of outside the church walls in our homes. How can we be a place where other people might feel at home? Where other people might feel safe um, to be themselves, to let walls down, and today to ask questions. Yes. For questions, it's safe to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing is is off the table. Everything's on the table. Everything's open for discussion. Uh, you can feel at home that if you have questions, that's fine. Uh, if you don't know the answer to the question, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we're sort of exploring together and that's welcoming uh, and I think one of the, um, as we talked about, there's, there's a number of scriptures we'll, we'll mention, um, but maybe one we'll read. Uh, it's Ephesians 19. It's sort of something that if you're reading, I'm sorry, is it Acts 19? Is, oh, it's, it's, Acts, Acts 19. it's Acts 19. Yeah, there is no 19 uh, in Ephesians. People were scrambling through <laughs> yeah, Ephesians. Right. 19, oh my goodness. They've departed from the scriptures. <laughs> um, so Acts 19, and it's something you could easily read over, um, where Paul entered the synagogue, starting in verse 8, and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years, so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Mm. That's such a good passage. Yeah. And rereading it like, oh, very nice. So, uh, you know, me and you've been to Africa several times. We have. And it reminds me of the religious environment when we go to Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. It's um, predominantly Islamic, mm-hmm. but there's Christian presence. Mm-hmm. The whole world there, though, revolves mm-hmm. around religious conversation, right. religious right. discussion, religious right. ethic. And so it's it's hard a little bit for us in the West to understand, like, um, this is their life. So they're always having conversations around theological issues. So questions and answers and debate and disagreements are just at the center of the culture. Yeah. But this is likely what Paul would have uh, experienced. And so you see three months arguing, uh, another translation says reasoning, reasoning mm-hmm. persuasively. Um, some people left, some people maligned him, but then he goes into another, uh, lecture hall, the Tyrannus, and then he has discussions for two years. Yeah. Daily. He's, he's, discussions he's daily, daily right. for two years. So, um, that's a lot of discussions. That's a lot of discussions, which means that's a lot of questions. Yeah. People having right. questions, people reasoning, um, debating, right. uh, in a sense, and this is a very, you know, Middle Eastern thing to do. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't lose, you don't get this personal sense of I'm so offended right. that we're debating this right. point. We're right. actually just trying to, yes. you know, hash yes. this out. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, it's interesting that when you draw that distinction, because, you know, our culture is, uh, right now, and it seems increasingly so set up to where this is more and more difficult. Mm-hmm. 
where having real discussions where everything's on the table seems scary or fraught or threatening. Uh, uh, and so I think we often don't have them. Mm-hmm. And so then the result of not having them is, you know, people either just make up their own mind or they join a tribe, if you will, and mm-hmm. pick a side without really engaging in, in debate. Um, you know, I, as I'm thinking about this, you know, this question, having ongoing discussions with people who believe things different than you, completely, you know, fairly different than you, significantly different than you, mm. um, how often does that happen for yeah. people in our culture? Yeah, I don't know. Um, just as you're talking, I, I uh, a bit uh, lament the place where we are with um, social media and to and and people sitting behind the screen to say I have the last word, and it's a mm-hmm. statement. Yeah, it's not a genuine question. Right. It's not a help me understand where you're coming from on that. And so, for me, the challenge in order to have a hospitable home, in order to be a hospitable person, as we would argue that Jesus was mm-hmm. uh, incredibly open, mm-hmm. not threatened by questions, not even questions that aimed to trap him. Right. He would answer them. Right. Knowing he, what they're about, he yeah. would answer them. He yeah. would probably surprise us with yeah. the answer, but he right. would answer them or he would ask questions. That was a very rabbinic thing to do is who has a question that makes you think more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so can we ask questions about questions? Right. And so, yeah, the dialogue, mm-hmm. like that's the question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where, where is the dialogue? Yeah. And let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Someone engages in a conversation, maybe they're non-believer. So we have insider conversations and questions that we could probably engage better with. Mm-hmm. You know, we disagree theologically, mm-hmm. let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. But let's say they're an outsider and they ask you a question. What's going on? within them what's going on within you what do they need in those moments like yeah. what makes it a safe spot for them right. in that split second yeah i think so where our culture is now is tribal and so sometimes the question can be i'm here why are you over there okay that, right and that a lot of questions in our culture can feel that way um you know, how do you explain you are over there how can you explain all the bad things the churches have done over the mm. years so yeah. on and I think the key for us, and the only way you could get into a place where you can have discussions daily for two years is you sort of diffuse that dynamic right away where you don't then buy into it and go back and forth in an us and them mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Because if I can kind of disarm that dynamic, there's, there's a real question there mm-hmm. that deserves a real answer. Now, the question may not sound, it might less sound like a statement of, I'm a good person and you're a bad person, explain why. Mm-hmm. And that seems like what a lot of social media is. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm over here, it's a statement of my identity. Me and my people feel good about this. You're bad, you know, why don't, why do you feel, you know, why, well, how can you stay there? You're it's horrible, you're horrible. And then switch sides and the mm-hmm. other thing happens. Yeah. So how can we not be influenced by that, be roped into that and get to what, what is this person really asking? Because, mm-hmm. If they are genuinely asking a question, that's sort of a brave thing to do. That's sort of a a real revealing thing to do. So let's get to that and not buy into, even if the context of the question is meant as a challenge, like Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus was challenged, but he didn't always buy into the challenge. You never got the sense he's like, oh yeah? Right. Well, you think I'm stupid. Exactly. You know, you don't get any of that with him. It's like, how do you, 
even though the question may be hostile, yeah, you don't have to meet it with hostility. That's right. That's or be right. defensive. That's right. Yeah, and I think that's the like, what is this person really asking? And it, it, one of the passages that I think of is First Corinthians nine, and that's that passage where Paul's saying, "I'm free. I belong to no one, but I've made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible." To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. Mm-hmm. To the Greeks, I became like the Greeks to win the Greeks. And you know, he goes to. Athens and to the philosophers, he becomes like a philosopher to win the philosopher. So he sort of steps into their world, identifies with them. And I think that's, how do I identify with your question? Like what, how do I honor you by finding what's the real, even if it, even if it's higher than your intent was, how do we get to, and then you're also, now you're having a real, it's not a tribal you and now we're having, now we're talking about something real, Yeah. you know, that I'm not defensive. I'm actually curious about where does that question come from? And because, you know, a lot of the criticisms leveled at the church or at Christians are at least partially true. Right. And to say, you know, to, to feel personally offended or to get defensive, that closes down that dynamic and you're not going to have an ongoing discussion, right? It's going to yeah. be us, them, me, you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, is it, it do I feel that it's safe yeah. for people to ask these questions, yeah. even if they seem attacking, you know, okay, you're asking a question. Can I, can I be okay? Yeah. Can I be okay that you're asking a hostile question? That you're can asking I be a hostile differentiated question. from you enough yeah. where it's like, it's okay that you're, maybe you've been hurt. Maybe mm-hmm. you have reason to be hostile. Right. Uh, I'm not going to shoot back at your hostility. I'm going to try to identify where is that coming from? That's the thing for me. Can we get, can we build a safe relationship? Can we create a space for dialogue? That's just key for me. Mm-hmm. Can we do dialogue well as Christians? Can right. we, we could be better. We can be better. And I think one of the things you said that is it okay for me, is it okay for me to have the same question? Mm-hmm. Is it a naughty question? Mm-hmm. Like if it sounds like a naughty question to have, <laughs> then I'm going to respond in a, you know, in a negative way mm-hmm. rather than, that's a real question. That's not an illegitimate question. That's something that deserves an answer. Let's talk about it. Right. I don't have a perfect answer. Um, this is, I've had the same question, perhaps. If I, am I honest about my own questions so I can identify with your questions? Because if there's some truth to the question, maybe I should have already been asking it if I haven't. And that's a different sort of, now we're two people, in a sense, facing the same direction, going towards the answer that, uh, to a question we both share some part of. So, so let me ask you a question. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, define naughty. No, I'm just kidding. Hmm. Let me ask you another question. Uh, do you think part of our struggle is a, a matter of uh, cultural intelligence in the sense of previously in church culture interacting with non-church culture, we felt the pressure to need, have the answers. Yeah. And, and now that is a huge disconnect for people to be like, oh, I've got the answer and let me tell you the answer and you don't know the answer. Do you feel like part of this is just, we have to continue to grow uh, in cultural awareness and cultural intelligence? Like, yeah, I can't misstep that big when I do that. Is that what you think? Yeah, I think that's right. I think in in our culture now to fire back with an answer that sounds super certain and not, I'm not even really, it's like I'm on autopilot and I'm giving you this, I'm going to my answer list and I'm pulling one out and giving it to you. 
it doesn't even matter what the answer is. It's already a turnoff, right? Because yeah. culturally that's announced. They want to have a discussion or be heard. And it makes me think of 2 Corinthians 5, where Paul talks about being an ambassador, that we have this ministry of reconciliation and we have to live in both cultures. I think we've talked about this before, where I have to understand the heart of Christ. I have to be controlled by the spirit. I understand scripture. I understand enough theology. So I kind of can represent the kingdom in some way. And I'm genuinely on a journey. Mm -hmm. But I also have to understand your culture. That's what an ambassador does. I'm an ambassador to some, and we're an ambassador to this culture. That's good. Right? And so what does it mean? How do I understand you in a way that actually gets to the question you're really asking? And part of it is that sense that I have to understand the two cultures, the culture of Christianity and the culture of our present day have drifted pretty far apart where I don't, I can't make any assumptions about even what your question means or where you're coming from. I have to be curious. I have to be engaged. Yeah. Let's talk about it some more. Help me understand where I really, I do believe as an ambassador, if, if we were an ambassador to foreign, some foreign country, we would know, it would be undeniable. I have a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. I learn the language, I can learn the customs. And do we bring that same curiosity? And I got a really, I got a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. I got to, what, what are these people, how do they come to their beliefs? And what are they, what are their experience? What are their fears? What's their, how do they explain their life? And it doesn't mean that every, you know, our culture has one answer to that question. So you have to actually talk about them and like, how do you work that out? And I'm curious, not I'm winning an argument or I'm even having an argument. Right. I'm having a discussion. Or I'll take your question back and I'll find the answer really quick yeah, somewhere else so I can right. tell you what the right. answer is. But, you know, this that discussion is good to have is kind of what Paul is saying in that passage that that's what we ought to be doing all the time. Can I be curious, interested, yeah. engaged? Can I be a student of not only the culture, but that person? You, like yeah. the person that's like, in, am I getting yeah. to know, does that person feel like I'm really interested in them yeah. or am I just having a generic Q and A, you know, I've got my answer to your question. You don't have a question. I don't have an answer to sort of stance. Well, it just, it just reminds me of how uh, diverse Jesus interactions were with people. Yes. Um, there was rarely, was it a uh, rote answer? Rarely did he repeat it to somebody else. You know, the rich young ruler's conversation is very different than the woman caught in adultery. It's very different than the conversation with Matthew, tax collector. And why, why wouldn't it be? Sure. They're different, different people. people right? And Jesus is an incredibly well-versed student of people, mm -hmm. learning them, mm -hmm. watching them. Mm -hmm. um, but he always dignifies them and their questions. Right. And it honors them. And I think one of the things, uh, we talked about this, the question that prevent, presents itself is rarely the question that they're really, really asking. It mm -hmm. can be, mm -hmm. it can be traced, mm -hmm. but this happens all the time. I'm sure this happens in close relationships, happens in your marriage. When the question comes out, it's usually, I'm putting this question right. out there, but I really have another one that yeah. I'm asking. I don't it know if it's safe in, to ask right. yet. Like, it I don't know if it's, in. yeah. Why do I always have to uh, empty the dishwasher? It's probably not a question about dishes. Exactly. <laughs> Is that your question or her or both? I don't want to say. <laughs> I don't. doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Um, but that's, of course, we understand that. Like, oh, wait a minute, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that happens all the time 
and so we can ask the first question, we can honor the first question, but while we mine and try to understand yeah. for what's really going on, you know, that's the sort of, and, and I have to be okay with maybe this is going to a place that's not going to reflect well on me. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's actually the case and maybe I shouldn't put my guard up or my walls up. Maybe I can just let myself go there mm-hmm. and be secure enough and I'm okay with, listen, if I if I bear some fault in this, I'm okay, let's go down this road yeah. rather than, okay, I understand we're really in an argument. Right. And I'm going to start trying to win it now. Well, yeah, right. That would be like, there's. it's okay to make some mistakes, right? Yeah, right. Um, you know, I don't know the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, maybe I misspeak right now, or maybe let's figure this out together. Those seem to be a little more winsome than I'm in an argument. And I need to, I need to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, again, you see it over and over again in the life of Jesus. I, one of my favorite, like questions are okay. Doubts are okay. Uh, you know, episodes is when John the Baptist's followers come to Jesus. John the Baptist is in jail mm-hmm. and it's basically like, um, are you the guy? Because we <laughs> thought you were the guy. You know, the subtext is, but it seemed like it would be better if you were the guy. <laughs> right. You know, we think you're the guy, but then we're in jail. I mean, what, you know, right? <laughs> What's the deal? What's the deal? Yeah. And Jesus is never like, how dare you question whether I'm the guy. Right. I am who I am. He doesn't, doesn't pull the God Oh my card, gosh, never anything. pulls rank. You know, he gives a real answer. This is how you can know I'm the guy. And then... He praises, you know, no one is higher in the kingdom than John the Baptist. Um, and I think that's, can I have that sort of attitude where um, people can come to me and I honor the question and give it a real respect and not get defensive. Mm-hmm. And if I'm getting defensive, it's not about them or the question. That's really about well, me. Well, you see this and, you know, speak a little more in-house and then you can take us a different direction if you want. Um in-house conversations, you see this happen all the time with children and teens Mm -hmm. and parents because children and teens are uh, usually having conversations around pop culture and it hits them first. And then they want to have these questions that happen at school or something else. And then they come home to the parents Mm -hmm. and then they say, oh, hey, so-and-so said, you know, Jesus didn't die on the cross or there's not only one way to Mm -hmm. God or, you Mm -hmm. know, I can live any way I want to, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And that can help us bring it home to like, well, is, is it safe for them to ask questions? Is it safe for them? Do I have to, Mm -hmm. do I get anxious when they present those questions? Oh no, no, this, that's not true. This is true. Right. You know, whatever we pay attention to. to Yeah. Yeah. Don't talk to them anymore. They don't know anything. No, obviously they're a bad person. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's, that's part of the, the sense of what is it in practical sense? What does it mean to be welcoming? What does it mean to be an ambassador? And part of what goes unstated, um, is, uh, let's say you invite an international student over to your house who comes from a different culture, a different, and it's their first week in America. Well, it'd be odd if they didn't have a lot of questions, mm-hmm. like because they're in a different place. It's it's be odd to assume they must believe everything I believe. And that's the situation we're in in our culture more than we think, mm-hmm. where of course people believe this should not surprise us or threaten us or make it scary that most of the people out there don't believe what we believe mm-hmm. and are not living the same life we're living, don't have the same assumptions. 
Let's all just accept that, take a deep breath. That's yeah. the reality. And so what is it, how do I then go forward instead of, I think uh, a false view of our earlier culture was we're all basically the same. Um, and so every question like that, it seems like a jolt or a, how, how, what, how, they don't yeah. believe that where, I mean, they don't believe it. I mean, that's, if you, <laughs> talk to your neighbors, talk yeah. to people don't believe the same things we believe if they're not Christians, because we, we're living in a culture that's drifting away from Christianity. And I, I think there are bad things about that, but there are, I think there's also good things and it's going to give openings to more discussions if we're willing, yeah. like those discussions, so-and-so says this, so Jesus didn't rise from the dead. Now you've got a discussion you wouldn't have had before. Right. And the other person in 50 years ago it may would not be have an assumption it. that may not even have may been, not true have been true anyways. And now we're having, now we can have a discussion. If, well, in some sense, now we have to do work. Now we have to do work. Now there's work to do. Yeah. So I can't live in the sense that, yeah, I'm an ambassador to Sweden, but basically, you know, I can just assume they believe all the things that we believe and their culture is the same and the food's the same and everything. Well, that would be silly. Um, and so that's the, you know, now it's, okay, we got a little bit more work to do, uh, but in a you know, way we are going to have more opportunity. Well, and I think too, what do you think about this? And, and we're going to cultural and big picture meta stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like an opportunity to uh, name the fear. Mm-hmm. And some of the fear in those moments feels like, oh, Christian Christianity isn't, spreading like I thought it was here mm-hmm. in the West. We're not winning. We're not winning. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like we're losing. Yeah. So we're not doing something right. And we got to double down. Right. We got to, we got to, you know, pull our bootstraps up. We got to win. Yeah. And so it feels like there's this fear of, oh, if I really name that, is the gospel winning? Right. Like, are we winning over right. here? Because it doesn't, doesn't seem like that. Yeah. So how do I deal with that fear? And then a sense of grief mm-hmm. for some people who really, that was a that those times meant a lot to them. Yeah, yeah. That, and that was the, for them, yeah. not for everyone, but for them, mm-hmm. that was a really blissful time. So can we, like you said, accept where we are, mm-hmm. uh, grieve where we're not, mm-hmm. name our fears, and then do the work? Yeah, feels like yeah. a four point message. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, for me, I just I, it gets probably the way I'm wired and in how I think that it's not. It's not my job. It's not my responsibility. It's not a point of faithfulness for me that Christianity be winning or that I help Christianity win. There's nothing in the Bible that comes across that way. That's a totally cultural assumption Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on our part. Uh, And in fact, you know, Christianity in the New Testament was, you know, subversive. It was, you know, in a sense, sometimes working through the you know, prisoners and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, the poor and so on. Um, super organic. It was super organic. And that's what I would say, because somebody asked me a question a couple of years ago, somebody who is was sort of Mm de-churched, uh, lives in Southern California. I was out visiting my sister and like, are are you worried about the church in America? Or he he didn't actually say that. He he said, aren't you worried about the church? I think the assumption was the church in America is not winning. Uh, where I would say, well, the church is not just the church in America. The church appears to be winning in Africa and mm-hmm. South America and Asia, China, lots of right. China, lots of yeah. places where the gospel is growing like wildfire. Um, and that's, so that's point one. Point two, that it doesn't, it may not be winning here, might make it more uncomfortable for me, but it doesn't, it might make it more missionally fruitful for me. So now I'm in a position 
to really affect change mm-hmm. where before I couldn't. And that's, that's the question is for me, what does faithfulness look like in this culture? That's what I'm going to be held accountable for. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to answer for. Um, and I just, I do think the idea that I have to be on the winning side, um, you know, we can talk about that later when we talk about what story we're in. There's something about that that's probably we need to crucify. Mm-hmm. We probably need to die to, mm-hmm. you know, to mortify, to use the old word where, you know, I have to let, we are on the winning side at the end of the day. It's just probably not the sort of winning that I might pick right now yeah. for me or for my family or for whatever. Um, and, you know, that's a very 21st century American, 20th century American, like we need to win. We're the winners. And so I have to win the argument. I have to win. We have to win the culture wars. We have yeah. to win whatever. It's equated with success. Yes. Yeah. We're, yeah. So, and that's, so that's where understanding, and that's one of the, you know, one of the questions that we'll, we'll talk about. And we're going to, um, you will have already, the weekend will have already come when you hear this, but we're going to be covering different ground. Yeah. You know, Jacob, maybe we should preamble that when this, uh, you know, they will have already heard your preamble at this point. It's the magic. It's preamble. Magic. It's magic. Um, so we, we're going to cover some of the same ground, but a lot of different ground uh, uh, on the weekend. But one question that maybe helps us get to that that question of the question of winning is um, one question, one objection that we often hear is why is there only one way to God? You know, aren't religions equally valid? Um, you know, it can't, you know, can't Christianity and Islam and Buddhism and Judaism and atheism all be equally valid routes to the truth, Mm -hmm. which is a, you know, I think our culture is somewhat conflicted on that point. Like they want to believe that, but they don't actually practice it. Like their view is the only view. Uh, And, you know, I don't, that seems like a, because how does that question get experienced? In, in my, in my impression is like, okay, so you're saying that all the other people are going to hell. I mean, that's often how it comes across. Right. Yeah. Um, and I just think for us to answer that question in a healthy way to sort of back up and say, what, what do we believe about that? And what is, and I think for me, one of the things that I've discovered is like to reflect on what story are we in? And, you know, Christianity places us in the story of, uh, you know, God in eternal glory, God creating everything good, creating men and women in his image, everything's good, shalom, communion, and then sin, we fall from that. What, you know, what is this you have done? And then this whole story of deepening sin and alienation from God and redemption that comes. And in the future, this redemptive project will culminate by Christ's return and we will be reunited with him. And in the meantime, we are free moral agents who can choose, you know, we choose to what story we believe we're in and act accordingly. And God will hold us you know, responsible uh, for that. So in that story, that's either the story we're in because Islam has a different story and mm-hmm. Judaism has a different story mm-hmm. and atheism has a different story. So it's not different points of theology that we have to try to harmonize or make the same. It's not that at all. It's this is the story we're in or we're in a completely different story. Um, and f- before we wrestle with, well, how does that affect me? I have to wrestle with, is that true or not? Yeah. 
because that's the story, whether I was born or not, or whether you were born or not. Like right. the story doesn't depend. I have an active part to play in the story, right? But what story this is doesn't depend on me. Well, and and you know the question of how do each of those like let's just say those four mm-hmm. major world religions. Let's just include atheism in a world religion, uh, monotheistic or non-monotheistic. Yeah to take each at face value, you have to ask the question, well, how does each one present themselves? Because typically the question or the blame lodged against Christianity is you're exclusive. You think yours is right. right. And I would say, well, the other question is how does each of those present themselves? And to the best of my knowledge, it's the same. Yeah. Like, no, ours is exclusive. Yeah. This is the one story. There's not really Mm -hmm. room for competing meta narratives. Yeah, they're obviously you understand them in that sense that they are competing versions of met, of, of reality, competing yeah. versions of the story we're in, competing meta narratives. Yeah, a you know a observant Muslim wouldn't probably level the charge of Christianity being exclusive because he believes Islam is exclusive. Right. right. Um, the same would have to go for the observant, if you will, atheist mm-hmm. that he believes there's no God that belief in God and often in the new atheism is a bad thing and a destructive thing. So that's very exclusive. Mm -hmm. So everybody has their story that Mm -hmm. they're living in and the impact of people outside the story is, is different depending on the story, but it isn't unique to Christianity. It gets leveled against us, I think, because Christianity in our culture has, has a history. Um, But at the same time, I, can I, can I understand where that question's coming from? Mm-hmm. Can, you know, because people are processing the claims of Christianity according to what it seems to be saying about them. And can I be engaged and curious about like, what is it, you know, as, as we've talked about these different stories, what story do you think you're in? How would you, if Christianity is false, do you think we're in a story? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm interested in like, how do you explain that? Yeah, and in that story, there's setting, there's plot, there's characters. Like, so in that story, what's the setting for humanity? What's the direction yes. humanity's going? Um, what's the meaning of all the of meaning? this? Yeah, what's, uh, you know, why are we here? Mm-hmm. Um, where are we going? Where'd we come from? And then like, is this all going someplace good? Yeah. Or is this all going someplace bad? Or right. or is it mixed? Like, so those questions need to be asked. And right. as uh, Francis Schaeffer used to say, like, help people ride the tiger. Like, ask them questions. Okay, so you think this? Okay, cool. So tell me, tell me more. Like, why do you think that? Right. Or what does that mean for yeah. you in the end? What does that mean mm-hmm. for me in the end? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just an example, I, I, we built a relationship with um, uh, two uh, Mormons that came to the door and, and they would come and they would want to talk about Mormonism. Mm-hmm. So we would stand outside and we would talk about all that. Where do we have common ground? Mm-hmm. What are our differences? Cause mm-hmm. I didn't know. And I wanted to know, mm-hmm. what do you think about that? What do you think about this? Mm-hmm. We built a long-term relationship. Finally, I said, you know, let me ask you a question. If I don't convert to Mormonism, what do you think happens to me? I want to mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And it was genuine. I mm-hmm. really wanted to know. And they told me, mm-hmm. and it was, it was just this dialogue that actually built our relationship up so much that one of them got married and asked me to come pray at his wedding. Mm. I thought that was just mm-hmm. an incredible gift. Mm. Like, come pray at my mm-hmm. wedding. I want you here. Yeah. Um, and I don't know where we're still in relationship. Yeah. I don't know where we go. That's right. So that's a good, you know, can this discussion of this question rather than be a one-off victory or defeat, is it part of a relationship that yeah. the question might not lead 
somewhere, but the relationship might lead somewhere later on. Do we even view it that way? Um, It should, you know, that's how I think, again, for Jesus, the question wasn't necessarily the thing. The question was a real thing, but there was a real person behind it. And can I see that as a real person? And I don't, I mean, I think that, what does that mean for me? Partly what it means is I have to be at peace with with the story I'm in Mm -hmm. and all of the implications, what that means and all of the ways that makes life difficult for me now and experientially that, okay, that's, but that now makes sense because this is a story I believe I'm in. And I think one of the, one of the, one of the ways that we wrestle with that or have difficulty with that is because, and this is baked into the cake of Christianity, and it's going to sound obvious when I say it, but faith is required. Mm-hmm. Like there's no answer key. There's no, you know, proof, the mathematical proof that you can show somebody and they must concede defeat. Faith is always going to be required. So we want certainty. We want to pile five certainties on top of each other and then crush the person with our certainties. Um, when, yeah, I don't know all of this. This is the, by faith, I believe that God created me, that I'm in his image, that I'm not what I'm supposed to be because of sin, that Christ came as God's, God, the son to pay the penalty and to redeem me and to draw me into community and to give me purpose. And ultimately this is where we're going. This is the story I'm in. I believe that by faith. But there's a lot of things I don't know. There's a lot of questions you're going to have that I don't have the answer to mm-hmm. because it's not, and it's not a matter of me being deficient. It's not a matter of, I got to study harder. And this is where I think we get hung up with, I've got to study theology before I engage. Most questions aren't about theology, really. I don't think they're yeah, about, true. you know, their experience of life. And can I hold that? No, I believe this by faith. And at the end of the day, the atheist has there's no proof positive for them either, mm-hmm. right? There's no God room that you can open up the door and say, see, God's not it there. You yeah, know, in no... the realm of religion, it, everything has to be about a reasonable faith. There's mm-hmm. reasons for there's them, but it's faith. That's right. That's a good way so to say it. We're not going to say like science and religion and then philosophy and archaeology, whatever it might be. They all operate exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So take your faith and go over here mm-hmm. and it's the same right. kind of template. It's yeah. not because we're in a religious conversation. Yes. Right. And so, like you said, it's not that we need to have these certainties. Mm-hmm. Can be certain about some things. God put us in the world. We can be yeah. certain about some things. Right. We can, but we need to have humility to say, "I I can't be certain about yeah. many things." Right. Yeah, and that's why you know we're in the E Free uh, movement, Evangelical Free Church of America, and there's a ten point theological statement, which is pretty broad. But there's a lot of things that aren't addressed there, not because they're unimportant. It's because we don't have to agree on those things to be in the story together and to minister together. We don't have to have certainty about that. Um, yeah. So I think, can I live with that? Or do, yeah. if I have to be certain about everything? Because I would even go one further and say, if you strip sort of faith, in a sense, faith-based decisions out of science, presuppositions, assumptions, what can science really tell us? And now it's, it's now a much narrower field. Yeah. It can't tell us what love is or what love means or anything about anything that's transcend, you know, trans, transcendent or meaning beyond mm. biology mm-hmm. and, you know, atoms and quarks and electrons interacting. Yeah. 
Uh, and if life is about anything more than that, science can't, doesn't have anything to say as science. Love, loss, grief, right. beauty, right. all of the things all of that, that people as humans long for and need and have conversations right. about. So in, in any of us, no matter where, what story we're in, if we're talking about those things, there's some element of, I'm making assumptions about reality I can't prove mm-hmm. that have to be involved in that because unless you think love is just a biological feeling that keeps the species alive, if it's more than that, then all everyone's operating in that same lack of certainty when yeah. it comes to the bigger questions yeah. of things. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, time is moving along. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about this more, I think maybe, but let's talk about we've had a number of deconversions yeah. in our culture. People saying, you know, Josh Harris and and others. Basically, I I'm sort of I don't believe that anymore. I'm backing away from that. Um. Like, what do you think, where is that coming from, do you think? Or what are some things that go into that? And how does it maybe play into what we're talking about? Yeah, uh, I, I don't know a lot of that. I mm-hmm. don't know. And each person is different. Mm-hmm. And each upbringing is different. And each faith that they were presented with is different to some degree. And they interpret it to a different degree. So what do they mean when they're rejecting mm-hmm. this thing? I, I would have a lot of questions mm-hmm. just because this guy's a person. Mm-hmm. And, and to honor him, I would need to know like, okay, what do you mean? Yeah. I'm not a Christian anymore. Right. And, right. you know, do we even agree on when you say by every tenant that I define Christian as I'm not a Christian? Anymore. Well, let's mm-hmm. talk about right. that. Like, what does that yeah. mean for you? Yeah. Um, I think part of it too is this um, sense of um, this message was, wasn't supposed to hurt me. Mm or these people yeah. who delivered this message yeah. wasn't supposed to hurt me. I'm hurt. Mm-hmm. Who hasn't been? Yeah. Okay. And, but that's not a, right. hopefully that's not a jerky thing to say, but uh, it hurt me. I didn't expect it to do that. And so now I'm going to reject it. Yeah. I think the other thing um, is for me, and we, we probably don't have time for this. We'll, so we'll pr- we need to talk about this in the sermon. So hopefully you hear this. Mm-hmm. You will have heard mm-hmm. that. If you haven't heard the, you know, the series or the service yet, go back and listen to the recording. Yeah. I think there's a part of this can be a healthy move. A disillusionment mm-hmm. with whatever you bought into growing up is a healthy move. As long as you know how to sift through not tossing out the baby with yeah. the bathwater, right. as the old idiom yeah. says. Yeah. So this is a, if it's not, this is what I say. If it's not working for you like that, well, that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then how do you evaluate that? Now what? What part yeah. isn't working for now you what? and yeah. why isn't working for you? Yeah. And maybe that's really good places to start. Yeah. Where do we end up with yeah. it though? Yeah, I think, I think that's a lot, it's a lot of good stuff there. I think, you know, one of the things you said about it's not working for me anymore goes back to, and it probably the church bears some blame for trying to sell the idea that, you'll win mm-hmm. if you become a Christian, mm-hmm. you join us and we're on the winning team. And then if that's really what you're joining, you know, not joining yourself to Christ and his people and his mission, but you know, I have this identity with these winners or the people that are winners. Well, then you stop winning right. and you know, now I'm, I got in to win and I'm not winning. So I'm out and, and then, you know, the question of whether you were ever really in is, is, is one that, you know, is unanswerable for me. Um, I do think too, there's a trend of some of these people came out of very rigid, um, 
pile of certainty sort of belief systems. So in a real sense, it probably wasn't working where you and I would say, yeah, I would hope we we would say that's not working. Yeah. Because it wasn't a hundred certainties. And then once you question one, oh no. Right. You know, it's a, it's a house of cards. It's a Jenga thing. And I'm pulling out the bottom block where, you know, maybe all of these are wrong. And if it's not a community of faith all along, you're going to get to a point where, uh uh-oh, uh, if it's a hundred certainties, you can never change your mind mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're vulnerable to, and then you almost feel betrayed. Like who sold me all these certainties and who sold me the winning? And there's a sense of hurt and anger in this, right. in this deconversion. Maybe rightfully so. Maybe rightfully so. Yeah. Uh, and so that's for all of us, you know, am I living in the story by faith? Am I walking along with God's people towards his mission for me and us together and if I'm in that, there's a lot of room for questions. There's a lot of room for doubts. There's a lot of room for I don't knows. If it's a hundred certainties and I got to be winning, yeah, we're setting ourselves up. Yeah, and 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 maybe I'll drop a bomb that we don't have time to Uh-oh. answer. Oh, uh, but I, you know, going through my own faith growth shift process, I went through a season of disillusionment, mm-hmm. and it was very real. This is not working for me. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? And I go went back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. Okay, this isn't working. And back to your big your question about story. Mm-hmm. For me, sometimes the storyline that we sell Christians is too small. It's simply yes, this: right. Jesus died for my sins so I can go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Like, and we repeat that over and over and over again. And that's the storyline. Mm-hmm. And I would just say this, that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. That's such a small mm-hmm. story. It's not going to work for anyone in the end. If it's honest. not because yeah. it doesn't have anything to say to work, pain, suffering, life, you know, destiny. Yeah, a loved one like, dies and uh-oh, wait a minute. Well, I'm, I'm passive in that. Jesus died so I can just escape and get out of here. Yes. Like, that's it. Right. So what do I do? I, I don't have ticket. anything to do. Right. Why don't I just go to heaven now? Egg, thank you. Yeah. Well, apparently there's more to do. Apparently there's something. That maybe that's a bad storyline. Maybe that's a bad storyline. <laughs> Got to yeah. be a bigger one. Yeah. And again, I do think that church, when it was more culturally ascendant, was prone to give people the right, you know, yes, Jesus loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Mm-hmm. That is true. Mm-hmm. It's not the only thing that's true. Yeah. Right. It doesn't yeah. mean your life. You know, what we do with that is, oh, Jesus loves me and my life's going to be wonderful. And yeah. As one prof <laughs> used to say, it was so helpful. It's not less than that, but it's certainly much more, than, more that. than that. <laughs> so that's right. That is true. But that's not the only thing that's true. Well, um, there's certainly, we have not exhausted this topic Goodness. of questions. Not even close. Uh, and hopefully if you haven't listened to the weekend uh, service, uh, you go ahead and do that because we were, we're going to be taking some questions and we're yeah, going to cover like a backwards a promo. Me and, Mike, backwards me and promo. Mike just finished the talk all weekend and we're, this is the podcast you That's... get to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question about that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, again, we if you listen to this and you have questions, send them to us. I mean, interact on Facebook or uh, through your podcast player. They can do that, right? Um, you know, ask us a question or push back or whatever. We would love to interact yes. and uh, model what we're talking about because we really, we believe it. I'm, I'm excited to talk to people who believe different things than I do. Yeah. So yeah. I would love to, we would love to do that. Uh, and so with that, have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.